Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today's message, Joy in the Wilderness. I want to talk today about finding joy in the wilderness. Before we get there, however, we need to define what we're talking about when we say the wilderness. The Bible gives us a real-life example of our journey with God, and it's found in Exodus. God's people, the Hebrews, were living in Egypt. When they first arrived there during the time of Joseph, they were honored guests living in choice land. Over time, though, they became slaves. Now, after 400 years, they had grown in numbers from a family of 70 to a people of 2 million or so and they were perceived as a threat. The Egyptians feared the Hebrews, so they took away their rights and forced them to serve in hard labor. This part of the real-life metaphor represents our life before we receive healing and freedom, the part where we have been taken captive by our sin, our painful events, and the offenses others have committed against us. Egypt represents phase one of our journey, living in bondage. In the book of Exodus, God called Moses to be the man who would lead the people out of Egypt into the wilderness and to the promised land, back to Canaan, where they had lived originally. After a great struggle between Pharaoh and Moses, including ten plagues, sent by God to prove he was the one true God, the people were finally released from slavery and allowed to leave. Their physical freedom was granted rather quickly. After the tenth plague, the plague of death, Pharaoh basically told the people to get out of his country, and they fled that night. Their mental, emotional, and spiritual freedom, however, took much longer. In fact, it was 40 years before that work was completed and they were ready to enter the promised land and live as the people God called them to be. The goal was to get them to the promised land, phase three of the journey, but they couldn't get there until they first crossed the desert. The goal is the same for our life, to get free from whatever's holding us back so we can live the life God has planned for us. And we can't get there either without first crossing the desert or the wilderness. So there was this big middle, phase two, the part of our journey the Bible calls the wilderness. The wilderness is where God changes us, where he strips off the bad and adds the good where false is exchanged for truth, where our heart, mind, body, and soul are redeemed so that we can live as the men and women we were created to be. I've done another podcast called Being in the Middle of Healing, where I talk about a lot of aspects of this, so I'm not going to repeat that here. You can check that out if you want more information on what the wilderness is about. What I want to focus on in this podcast is finding joy during phase two. Yes, there are all kinds of hard and uncomfortable things we go through in the wilderness, but that's not the whole story. Phase two, the wilderness season, 
is a lot about waiting, waiting for healing to be finished, waiting for the old to be resolved and the new to arrive, waiting to be ready to move on to phase three. Don't, however, confuse waiting with the notion that nothing is going on. God is doing stuff. Just like the Israelites saw miracles in the wilderness, you will too. It was here that God parted the Red Sea and rained down manna and quail from heaven. You will be surprised at the things God does for you during this season. It's not all bad or all hard. At every turn in my healing, God had the next thing, the next person, the next answer ready and waiting for me. When I outgrew a counselor, he provided a new one. When I had to relocate for a while, he provided a home. When friends left, a new friend came. These were the things that revealed the true heart of God to me, that made me realize how much he loved me, that taught me how reliable he is to provide for my needs. He solved every problem. This is what prepared me for phase three, life in the promised land. While we're waiting, we are moving. We are changing, and God is doing a significant work, although we may find it hard to see clearly. Isaiah 43, 19-21 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. While we are leaving old things behind, God is doing new things. He's making new roads to new places. He's bringing life-giving water to the dry desert-like places in our heart and soul. He will give us drinks. It's difficult to make generalizations about the wilderness season because it isn't necessarily the same from one day to the next. There's a great variety of landscapes we experience. That said, here are some observations I have made. Probably the biggest thing that happens in phase two in the wilderness is we begin to establish a new, genuine, and intimate relationship with the Lord. The wilderness season tends to break down the hardness in our heart and mind, and this allows us to see new things and receive new things. The seeming weakness we feel is a positive thing. We're softer, more reachable. As he says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 in the NIV, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God is giving us a heart transplant while we're healing. As the rock hard heart begins to go and the soft healthy heart begins to beat, we are able to receive new levels of intimacy with the Lord. This is the time to soak up the presence of Jesus. Spend lots of time with him. Read his word and hear his encouragement. Talk to him and let him talk to you. The presence of Jesus is a great joy. 
in Jesus is light and love and affection and affirmation. Let him give you these things. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to Jesus and find rest in him. He will take care of you. You will find safety in the gentleness and humility of Jesus. It's a good place to be. This is a time to focus on the simple and the small. Trying to figure out tomorrow and see the future won't be helpful or even possible. Joy will more easily be found in the simple, small things today, in the now, the present moment. Maybe a cup of coffee with a friend or going for a walk. God's creation is always a source of hope, beauty, and joy. Looking at a sunrise or sunset, mountains, the ocean, a creek, trees, flowers, children, clouds, overlooks. Even in the winter, snowflakes, ice crystals, frozen ponds, patterns in tree branches can brighten our outlook and soothe our soul. Maybe we can grow something right in our home. I love color. It's important to me to have lots of color in my life. I wear colorful clothes. I decorate my home in bright colors. I often buy flowers to bring color into my life. Seeing color brings me joy. Can you bring some color into your life? I never journal before my wilderness season, but I began during that time. At first, I used a steno pad. Why not? It functioned well enough. But then I decided my conversations with God deserve better. So I bought myself a beautiful journal and a pretty pen that gave me joy. Joy in the simple. That might sound ridiculous to some, but the little things do make a difference. Puppies, kittens, babies are joyful. Seeing exuberant life somewhere else can bring joy. We can watch children play, visit a zoo, stroll through a dog park, check out a pet store. Be on the lookout for life anywhere you can find it. Seeing life go on when we're struggling to feel any life in our own can bring joy and encouragement. Giving of ourselves can bring joy. There is a lot of necessary self-focus when we're healing, grieving, wandering in the wilderness, but we can still add giving moments. Taking a gift to someone can return a blessing back to us. Making someone else smile will encourage our own heart. Doing a small kindness for someone else might bless us with a sense of usefulness. Volunteer your time. Add gratefulness. Make it a daily practice to identify one thing for which to be grateful and say so to the Lord. Maybe it's gratefulness for someone in your life who encourages you or cares about you. Maybe it's your church. Maybe it's the sun shining or breath or life or Jesus. Maybe it's the person God has sent to speak truth to you, help you, guide you. But take the time, make the effort, and look for something positive. It will bless your heart and keep your mind 
in a healthy place. Record, keep a record and see how many blessings come during your wilderness season. I know a woman who has fought a brutal battle with breast cancer. She has two young children. Since the beginning of her fight, she has kept a blessing journal. She was up to 70 blessings last time I heard from her. Discovering hope will add to our joy. Hope is found in the promises of God. The first hope is that phase two is temporary. Remember that the wilderness is a place we pass through, not a place we stay. It's a temporary time in our life. So it's important to remind ourselves it won't last forever. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God's plan is to complete the work he's begun in you. It's never God's plan for us that we sit in the stew pot and go round and round forever. He wants his children whole and healthy and serving in the promised land. His goal is to get you there, not leave you in the wilderness. You know the popular verse in Jeremiah 29:11. The NIV says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. He has future plans for you. Good future plans. He's taking you to the fulfillment of that plan. The wilderness season is simply a time of healing and preparation to get you ready to start living in the plan. This plan for your life has existed since the beginning of time. Isaiah said the Lord is making a road. He's taking you somewhere to a place where you can feel his pleasure and fulfillment in your soul. Remind yourself of this good goal frequently. Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. When you are feeling discouraged, remember the Lord is taking you out of the wilderness not leaving you in it. And the way out involves deliverance from your afflictions. That is the healing that must first take place. Your wounds must be healed. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. God said, When you pass through, Recognize God's theme here. He's not leaving you there. And he's not leaving you there alone. He will be with you. These are the promises of Almighty God, creator of the universe, to sustain you. And while you are still here, he has more promises to help you. Isaiah 25, 4 says, For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. Feel the joy of the Lord's constant strength and protection while you endure this difficult time. He has as much as you need. Always hang on to the hope we have in Christ. First Peter 1.3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, to a living hope through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus' resurrection from the dead changed everything. Now we have life in him, his promise for life today and life forever. It's our hope that never goes away so we can cling to it in the worst of times. When you're hurting, remember the Lord who comforts you. Ask him to come. Ask him to comfort you. Ask him to lift up your heart. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. Whatever you need today, a glimpse of life, a spark of hope, a sense of his comfort and presence, know that he has this waiting for you. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today. Thank you.